Welcome to the BG Cast, a podcast seeking to bring the battleground community and schools together. My name is David, and I'll be your host for this podcast. Each episode, Denny Waters, the Battleground Public Schools District Superintendent, will be joining me as we talk about the many things that make this such a great school district. Our goal is to bring the voice of the schools to the community and the voice of the community to the schools. We'll hear stories from students and staff and shine a spotlight on the various aspects of the district and community. In today's episode, we get to have a conversation with Callie Christensen and Kelly Oriard, the co-CEOs of Slumberkins and alums of Prairie High School. We'll hear about their journey as educators, parents, and how Slumberkins came to be. We'll shine the spotlight on Rosemary Gallanter, one of our grad coaches in the district, and we get started with the game, What Country Did This Weird Sport Originate From? All right, our game for this week is, this is also a repeat from an earlier episode, I don't know if you remember playing this, Denny, but it is what country did this weird sport originate from? Okay. Well, they're both athletes, so you Uh-oh. can, yeah, so <laughs> they've got this. So, so you should know right off the bat. All right. So our first one is, so, so don't just guess, but give a logical explanation why you think it's this country. All right. Camel wrestling. Where do you think camel wrestling? The, Camel wrestling. Are there two camels that are wrestling? Or I don't is know. A human wrestling a camel? I think it's a human, human. wrestling a camel. Camel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would say Saudi Arabia just from the camels and mm-hmm. and the sand. Yeah. Morocco. Was, oh. Yeah. Something like that. Morocco. I was going to say Morocco right, too. There you go. So uh-huh. That's, that's nice. the connection. Yeah. Um, Turkey. Oh. Yeah. I guess okay. that's kind of a, it's same general area, right? Yeah. I've never heard of camel wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to look it. up some YouTube videos. <laughs> um, I don't know if you'll have heard of any of these. So, all right. So uh, here's the other one. Next one. I'm I'm sorry if I say this wrong for my, uh, for anyone who speaks German. Uh, Kastenlauf. 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 Ich spreche Deutsch. Oh. <laughs> so this one's just, I just ruined it because I said the... <laughs> <laughs> I said what language it was, but this I'll just, I'll just this is the game. You run, carry, and drink a crate of beer. Deutschland. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good sport, right? Yeah. 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 Did you know that one? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Right, it is. Obvious, yeah. <laughs> All right, haggis hurling. It's throwing a haggis as far as possible for distance and accuracy. Well, haggis is Scottish. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's got to be Scotland. Yep, yep. All right, Wheelbarrow Olympics, an international sports event organized annually in this country. I feel like that's the U.S. US. <laughs> <laughs> Wheelbarrow. Right? <laughs> Seems like a U.S. thing. It is not the U.S. Huh. Wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow. Canada. Nope. No. Hungary. Oh. Hmm. Didn't know. know wheelbarrows were big and I guess, yeah. hungry. I don't even know where it originated. But all right, here's the last one: snowblower race. Competitors push a snowblower through a 20 meter long snow heap. Canada, Russia. Yeah, I'd say Canada, Sweden. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, do you know any other crazy world sports that we have, we've not heard of? No. 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 (laughs) All right. Sorry. Well, in there. (laughs) 
All right, our spotlight this week is with Rosemary Gallanter, and you are a grad coach, right? Yes, at, at Prairie High School. Yeah. Well, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes. Um, there's four grad coaches at Prairie, and we each take a grade level, and we meet with students. Uh, we meet mainly on an academic level and help them um, bring up their grades, get caught up in class. Um, we help them um, even on, you know, just what they need to be able to be a successful student and to be able to complete that class. We work with parents, teachers, um, our admin to help just um, meet the needs of those students. Okay. So your, your goal is, with the stu- what's your goal with the, each student that you're working with? Well, our goal with each student is that they pass their classes yeah. and that they're successful in learning you know we want them to we want them to be learners and we want them to find the way they learn i mean sometimes it's just that simple as finding how do they learn well and um and so that's what we do we we work with them and then we we try to like put a team around them you know that we're all working as a team with the parents with the teachers with our administration that we're trying to make those kids successful so you're trying to get them across the finish line, trying to give them a hunger for a hunger for learning for the rest of their lives. Yes, well, or in, in at least finding what their passion is, mm-hmm. you know, because um, not all of our kids are going to go to college, mm-hmm. and um, so they need to learn what their passion is, and then there's many avenues for them to be able to take to um, be able to accomplish that. Yeah. 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 So, so what does it look like then when you, you know, you've got students, you probably have multiple pathways. How do you know, you just, how do you figure out what's the best path for the student and their passion? Well, we, we start, you know, as a freshman, if you, if you, if we can bring them from freshmen all the way to seniors with grad coaches, it's wonderful. Mm. You know, we've had years where there's only been two of us. And so it's like seniors, freshmen, you know, so, but, you know, ideally we would be able to um, either walk with them, hand them to the next grad coach. Cause we kind of all know, you know, every student that comes into our office is all together, you know? And um, it's just being able to, if we can bring them along, you know, um, the, the goal is to have a, a kid start as a freshman and not need us as seniors, right. you know, or even as juniors or sophomores, that we can help that student and that they become successful, mm-hmm. you know, before they become a senior. Yeah. But if they do, then, you know, it's just continuing to support them and encourage them um, to kind of fill in the gaps that they're lacking. Mm-hmm. So do you have a success story that, you know, that comes to mind that, that, that you could share? Maybe you don't have to give, you know, details of who the, who the student is, but yeah. just kind of an overview of, of what happened with the student. Yeah. I mean, I think of, um, a girl I had and she, um, was a senior and I can remember, um, meeting her in the cafeteria with like two months to go six weeks to go and she was like I'm not gonna do it I can't do it you know and she was crying and I just like you know we just stood there and I just like looked at her in the eyes and I said we're gonna do it you know we are going to do it and um, she worked and we and we got her help in tutoring and the things that she needed and she graduated and then when um, we came back 
the next uh, school year, she was on my doorstep like the second day and she goes, you can't believe what I've done. And she'd like become a CNA and it, she'd done all these things that was propelling her into her future. Mm. And it was all because she believed that she could. Mm -hmm. It was just what she needed to believe that. Yeah. And so, and there's many of those kinds of stories, you know, it's just a kid believing that they can do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's just powerful when they walk across that stage, it's powerful yeah. for them. So, but I want them to have earned it, you know, right? because there's something about that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's powerful. Yeah, so one of the some of the other aspects you you look at it's not just academically getting them across the finish line, but socially and emotionally, mm -hmm. you're helping students. So so what does that look like when you're working with with a student that's you know maybe maybe acad academics aren't the problem, but they're they're getting hung up on in a, in a social area or an emotional area. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you help there? Um, well, as seniors, you know, some of it is just um, being honest with them about some of the decisions that they're making. I've got a lot of students mm -hmm. who aren't always making the best decisions, right. you know, and it's just being real and honest with them. And then they're able to open up a little bit. And then it's just kind of like, it, it makes like accountability really easy because they know you care. Mm -hmm. And so like when I'm calling students and saying, hey, where are you? You know, you need to be here. You need to get this. You know that, you know, mm -hmm. they know that it's because we care. It's not because we're just saying, hey, you're not at school. You've got to be here. But they know that we're saying, hey, your future depends on this. And I care about your future because I care about you. And um, it's it's just mm. how we work. Yeah. Yeah. And so with, you know, we've got parents that listen to the podcast. What would you say to a parent that may, might have a student that they're kind of fighting a little bit to get across that finish line? What's some encouragement you'd give those parents? Yeah, I would just say encourage, you know, um, encourage and believe and reach out for help when you when you feel helpless. Because um, kids don't always listen to their parents because, mm -hmm. you know, we all didn't think that our parents right. really knew the answers, you right. know? And so um, reach out beyond yourselves, you know, to find help, to encourage your student, mm -hmm. because sometimes that's all it takes. And they can reach out to you? They certainly can. Yeah, how would they do that? Just call Prairie High School and ask for Rosemary. Okay. And, yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here, and thanks for yeah. all that you do. And, uh, it's a and pleasure. We, we appreciate appreciate the work you're doing to get the students the, the help they need in all these areas. Thank you. It was fun. All right, our conversation this week, we're talking with, with the founders, creators, originators of Slumberkins, and uh, we're just going to let you introduce yourselves to our audience really quick, and then we'll jump in. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, my name's Kaylee Christensen, and um, I am the co-founder, co-CEO, and I was the special education teacher behind Slumberkins with my best friend, Kelly. And I'm Kelly Oriard. Um, 
also co-founder, co-CEO. We do a lot of co-things here <laughs> between Kaylee and I. Um, and my background is in marriage and family therapy and hmm. school counseling. Okay. You know, you forgot the main the main part of this is that they're distinguished alumni. Yeah, I was going to say oh, that. Battleground <laughs> Public Schools. Yeah. Come on. Prairie yeah. High School. Go Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's one of the things we wanted to talk about was your your alums of, of Prairie in the district. So I'm, I'm, I guess I made, we made an assumption or I made an assumption that you you had a good experience in the schools and we're going to talk about about a good experience but um, maybe we can start start back in high school so what was it like back at Prairie High School for you too oh yeah well we met first day of volleyball tryouts in 1999 <laughs> we graduated in 02 but okay. we both were um, kind of awkward tall girls I was 6'2 as a freshman coming into high school. Kelly okay. was, I don't know. I wasn't six foot yet. You weren't, maybe, you were I'm, maybe like 5'10. Yeah. Yeah. But we bonded over being awkwardly tall. <laughs> um, and then became like really good friends when we were in Spanish together and we were teamed, we teamed up as Spanish partners. Mm. And then. That takes a level of vulnerability. I have a horrible time with other languages. <laughs> Kelly I love is other great language. with yeah. other languages. And so I bumbled my way through Spanish with Kelly's help. <laughs> <laughs> but Prairie was great. I mean, I Kelly went the volleyball route. She stayed in volleyball. She was she excelled at volleyball, ended up getting a scholarship for college our junior year. In co- yeah. and I committed sophomore year, which oh, is yeah. crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And played professionally in Europe for oh, wow. several years. And yeah. actually, the first time I played volleyball was that tryout that we went to freshman year. <laughs> Kelly showed up in jean shorts and chucks. <laughs> and they were like telling us to dive. And I was like, how do people do that? I, mean, I can't do that. Yeah. So how do you do that? Because that looks very painful. I mean, you have to learn to like roll on your side and okay. like hit the side. My mom, actually, though, because I was very skinny back then, she was like, you should put menstruation pads in your spandex <laughs> on your hips so that when you dive it doesn't hurt i was like that is such a no i'm not going to high school with pads hidden in my spandex that you can see yeah and then i played basketball so um i played volleyball like a basketball player so i didn't last long but okay. basketball was my thing i played for Al aldridge Learned a lot of great life lessons and were, was lucky enough to be a part of a championship team my freshman year uh-huh. and then at state every year after that. I've heard that name. Was yeah. he a big coach for a long time? Yeah, a long time. Probably one of the most successful girls basketball coaches in the state of Washington in the history hmm. of the state of Washington in the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. yeah, still around, still, still, still coaching, you know, club sports and hmm. doing his thing. Al's a great guy. Cool. Yeah. So, so, um, that's some obviously you you probably loved sports in high school that was my next question but um what do you looking back on what do you, what is something that you're still think, thankful for about about the school whether it's prairie or one of the other schools you you've worked with i feel like just personally when i think back to our time at prairie i um i liked pottery so much that class was so great um the arts you know doing pottery and the photography classes and things like that were always so fun and i feel like i had a blast doing that i look back at high school and i feel like we grew up in the era before social media and i we were so blessed i think because we would make connections with friends and no one had phones to just bury their head in, you know? Mm-hmm. And so some of my fondest memories were, I was an office TA, so I feel like I got to know all the like kids in school and 
um, I ended up mentoring another student that became a friend that had autism. And I just, I was a class peer mentor for her, for her our senior year. And that is what drove me to become a special education mm. teacher. And I just loved it. But I just have such fond memories of making connections with all sorts of people. I mean, as an athlete, we kind of, we had our athlete, our teams and our, our kind of built in like family of, of friends within the athletic world. But we just had so many friends. Well, you did. This is where where Kaylee and I, we we work so well together because Kaylee is the extrovert social butterfly that's friends with everyone. Like at the school, everybody knew her, all the teachers and everybody loved her. And I'm a little bit more introverted. And so I made a lot of friends because of Kaylee. So for for those of you who are might be in high school, you know, find your find your Kaylee and get out of it. I'm still, still really play. close friends with the girls that I play basketball with. Mm-hmm. Like there's a crew, any girl that plays at Prairie that like has experience playing for Al and at state, like you're bonded for life. So we were just in New York for a trip and one of my old teammates, Brianne Sitton, whose dad yeah. I think just yeah. retired from Battleground School yeah. District. I yeah. just saw her and it's so fun to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine just, you know, I've, I've interacted with you guys, you know, two or three times, um, that you were fun and to have in classroom. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think looking back, I, there was a quote about entrepreneurs and it was like, uh, if you want to know the mindset of an entrepreneur study, the juvenile delinquent. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> although we were high achievers and got scholarships, um, you know, we were a little bit of a pain right, right, in school too. Right, right. <laughs> we were a little bit free thinkers on the, could push the boundaries a little bit. <laughs> you challenged your teachers and coaches yeah. and yeah. You know, one of the I funny things, this is an aside is that, you know, Kelly's mom and I worked together at battleground high school. Her oh. mom was, uh, was the school psychologist, Sandra Russell. Okay. And you know, one of the most, you know, influential people in my career mm. is, is Kelly's mom. So mm. that's kind of cool that, you know, the connections. Yeah. And so have you been in the area your whole lives uh, other than college or? Yep. I was born and raised in Vancouver. I actually had a boundary exception to Prairie. Hmm. Um, what's funny is I think on the application we said for the business program, but it was actually for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I grew up in Vancouver, born and raised, um, and then, you know, went to University of Hawaii after ba- for basketball and an athletic scholarship. Um, and then. Kelly played professional. Well, she went to uh, University of Oregon to play volleyball and then played professionally overseas. I piggybacked on her pro career for a season, moved in with her in Switzerland for like three months and found a team to pay me in cash to just show up to games. <laughs> and so you got a railway pass. Yeah, I got awesome. a Euro pass and yeah. cash. So I'm like, right out of college, that's kind of living the dream um, in Switzerland. So yeah. that was great. But then we both ended up moving back here around 2009. And then starting our master's programs that then I went in for my master's in teaching and Kelly went in for her master's in family therapy and school counseling. Okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, so you go, you, you, you finish college, you start into master's and then what's driving you in those careers. You said it was an experience you had in high school. You said marriage and family. What yeah. was it? What, what drove you into that? Well, like Denny, my mom had a huge influence on me. She um, has her doctorate in psychology. She worked as a school psychologist here in the district. And, um, you know, I always really looked up to her and was really interested in psychology. And so in my undergrad, my my major was psychology with a minor in special education because <clears throat> she was always working in special education. Uh-huh. I also had a lot of great experiences, you know, 
hanging out with kids that were in special ed classes and supporting and mentoring and helping. I, I just really enjoyed that. Um, and then after having, you know, lived abroad and having a little bit of exper- life experience under my belt when I came back to do my master's, um, I decided, yeah, doing therapy sounded really interesting to me. But again, I did the school counseling route as well, just because I loved the idea of having summers off all the time, mm-hmm. like my mom did, and kind of setting up my life in a similar way. And I mean, our lives have taken a different turn, which I couldn't be more happy about. But um, yeah, just really inspired me. My mom inspired me. Okay. Is that, was that the story? Is that what inspired you or is there more to it than that? Yeah. You know, when I was at University of Hawaii, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I actually tried to get in the business school program and I couldn't pass business calculus. <laughs> and so I ended up doing travel industry management, which was like all of the business school dropouts. <laughs> um, and I ended up, because I love the thought of travel in Hawaii, that's like a great degree. You can like yes, make a yes. great like life, you know, in the hotel management industry. Um, and so I did that. I worked at the Hilton Hawaiian Village for like six months in the HR department, you know. And then I kind of realized I liked staying at hotels better than working <laughs> at them. Um, and then that's when I was kind of, I had moved back to Portland for a year, worked for Marriott in event management and sales, and just wasn't like feeling very fulfilled. And that's when Kelly was like, hey, like you could come over here and like just, you know, take a break from it all, kind of figure it out. And then it was when I was in Switzerland, I just was, kind of pondering like what is it that I actually want to do when I get back and it just I kept thinking about the most meaningful experiences for me Mm -hmm. and it was when I was able to be a peer mentor and really like lean in and support another um, person with autism that and it just was so meaningful so I ended up going to my master's at um, City University and uh, going the special education route and then the whole time I was teaching I was a special education Mm -hmm. teacher I actually did a student teaching um, at Captain Strong Oh, there yeah, you go. Me too. Another connection. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so were you both in, in the school somewhere for the last, for several years before you started? Yeah. So after Captain Strong, that was actually my, my last like teaching student teaching experience. And I got a job at 49th Street Academy and Evergreen Public Schools right after that. Mm-hmm. And 49th Street Academy is a day treatment program, which is in the special world of special education, which is kind of the most restrictive environment you can get for mental and behavioral health before a child might be placed into a residential facility because of safety concerns. And so it was a very intense environment, but I loved it. I think, you know, I'm six two. I walked in and I, they were looking for a high school, middle and high school teacher and that where you have students that are like six, four. I think I walked in, they're like, Oh, you played basketball. You want to work here? Yes. (laughs) You're hired. (laughs) It was great though. I loved it. If I ever go back to teaching, it would be the day treatment environment. Yeah. I um, ended up um, interning uh, at in Portland Public Schools. I went to Portland State for my master's, and so um, right through that, I interned at a at Fabian School in um, Northeast Portland or North Portland, and um, really fell in love with that population. It's Title One school, um, really interesting work where I was able to be sort of like the school social worker. We looked at things like from a systemic point of view where we did a lot of homeschool connection and support of the community. Um, so I loved that school. And um, as I got through my program, um, they hired me on as the school social worker or um, prevention specialist through Trillium Family Services. I worked um, on grant funding for uh, about a year and a half there. And then um, when I got married and 
pregnant, I kind of switched over to the, there was an opening for a school counselor role. And so I switched over to that because the intensity of, um, you know, the, the other position, I felt Mm -hmm. like, well, with a young baby, maybe I'm going to take it easy and not do intense things for a minute, which turned out to be completely not true and not what happened because I apparently me and Kaylee don't live our lives that way. (laughs) But I I think it's really interesting because those experiences that you had working with um, students with, you know, those kinds of needs really led you to to what you do. I mean, right. I mean, there's that solid connection there. Yep. At 49th Street Academy, you know, the goal was always to teach students the emotional, we looked at behavior as communication and that all kids do well with what they can and that any sort of uh, behavior um, was coming from a lack of lagging skills that just needed to be taught. And so we prioritized um, emotional and behavioral skills to then get them up to a level to then be reintegrated back into the general education environment. So a lot of my work was more therapeutic than academic. And um, it's an amazing program where if a child is having a moment, you know, you have a behavior coach that can switch you out and they actually take over what you're teaching so that you can go and problem solve with the student that needs the that work and that moment of connection. And you really get to build relationships with students, hmm. which was the coolest part for me. Um, and so, but a lot of the work that we did were social stories, um, like problem solving, like talking through like very, um, the emotional side of, of life and Kelly in a similar way as the social worker in a school, we were serving a very similar population of students. And so we were living and breathing the, um, more therapeutic realm. And so when we ended up on maternity leave at the same time, since we, do everything together (laughs) apparently um you know we were just we were very inspired by we were sharing stories of working with different students and interventions that we were seeing and working and then we were also looking at our babies going we were like on a walk out by lacamas lake and camas and we were just like if we could just make something that would you know put the power in the parents hands before the child is in the school environment because we always knew if the parents were involved in the process that we were leading in the schools, the students would make so much more progress faster. So how can we empower the parents earlier in the child's life that makes it really easy, it's not overwhelming, anyone can pick up a book and read it to a child. And so Kelly was the main author, she also happens to be a poet, (laughs) so she could write the storylines and you wrote the first books in like, 10 minutes. Yeah. Like sort of downloaded. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was really, I think too, just looking at the, the ways that we were, for me, I'm really interested in systems and looking at the system of the way that we supported families and community and, uh, around social emotional health and emotional learning. Um, I really thought there's an issue here. We're not doing it right. The parents don't know enough of, kind of some of these basic things that I learned when I became got my grad graduate degree in um in therapy I thought there's so many nuggets of gold here that would be so easy to just tell parents and people would want to do that and so many people would be coming into the school and saying you know I'm going through this really hard thing or maybe there was a divorce or a diagnosis for a child or you know anything life circumstance of somebody passing away something where they would say, oh, could you see my child and, um, you know, ta- help me talk to them about this or um, get into a group, which, of course, is helpful. And I would try to get to as many people as I could. But there was an overwhelming amount of 
people and children in need for that. And I knew that coming from the parents' mouth, these messages um, and concepts would be better placed in their hands, but they just didn't know how to go about that. And so as we wrote the stories, um, you know, trying to think of these situations of what are we solving for here? What support are we offering to a parent to empower their child? And what are the pillars that we're, we feel like aren't being focused on enough or how can we build a, you know, a system that, that supports parents so that kids are more prepared when they come to school. Mm -hmm. And thus the inspiration for slumber camps, right? Yeah. (laughs) So did it start with stories? Was before, before, uh, what do you call the slumberkins? Is it, do you just call them slumberkins? The slumberkins, okay. yeah, they're yeah. creatures. We call them the creatures. creatures. Okay. We wanted to do, I think it was like in tandem. So mm-hmm. on that walk, we were brainstorming, oh, it'd be so fun to do a Bigfoot that helps boost self-esteem because of my own experiences being tall. I mean, I was six feet as a sixth grader and, you know, kids say not the nicest things. <laughs> I mean, they weren't intentionally making fun of how tall I was, but just comments constantly over mm-hmm. how tall I was did impact my self-esteem. I had a mom that knew I was going to be tall from a very young age. So she would do positive affirmations with me and tried to set me up for success. So I had that balance of, you know, I'd go home really defeated, really sad. She'd like build me back up. And so it was kind of the, the, the flow that then inspired the Bigfoot story. For was Silver Bigfoot Kids. the first one? Bigfoot was one of the first ones. Okay. So it was Bigfoot and Sloth. Okay, sloth, our um, bedtime routine. That was a, it's actually a progressive muscle relaxation routine that, if you're an adult, and now these are so popular through meditations, right. if you go to therapy and you're having anxiety, right. it's one of the first things that a therapist will yeah. introduce as just a tool in your toolbox of helping like manage anxiety mm. um, and so and or to relax and go to sleep. So Kelly integrated that into a slumber sloth routine, and those were our two storylines, our yeah. two first ones. And yeah. yeah, back then we didn't know how to start a business. We <laughs> actually were broke because we were on like, I think I took the extra 12 weeks, so I was on completely unpaid maternity leave, and we borrowed $200 from Kelly's mom and <laughs> taught ourselves to sew the first editions of Slumber Cans, actually at Kelly's parents' house while they like held our babies for us <laughs> for a while. And <laughs> Kelly's mom happens to be an actual seamstress, yeah. so she took one look at our first prototypes, and she was like, ooh, good luck with those girls. <laughs> Yeah. Are you sure this is what you want? Yeah, yeah. we got great. that a lot. We got yeah. that a lot from, you know, people who are being supportive, but people saying, oh, cute. This is interesting. <laughs> what are you guys doing? But the stories were strong. Yeah. So we sold our yeah. first, we made 30 of them from scratch, just bought fabric and sewed 30 of them. We took them to the Mountain View High School craft fair because we couldn't get into the Prairie Bazaar because that was, <laughs> you know, weightless. <laughs> um, and... Um, we ended up selling out of the slumberkins there and because of the storylines and um, how they are resonating with people that are saying, Oh yes, my kid could use this story. Like, Oh, I can see the power in the words here. And so, um, you know, fast forward to when we were supposed to go back to schools or to back to teaching after maternity leave was ending. And I ended up pitching the storylines to book agents and um, book publishers. And we got turned down from everyone we pitched to, but then we had sold, you know, at this point, like a couple hundred slumberkins, and we were like, "Well, there's we're on to something here." So, okay, let's just put it on to Etsy and see if this can like kind of be a side hustle that we keep going while we go back to the schools. Hmm. Yeah. So, I just bought my first slumberkin. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> Which one did you buy? So, so um, I'm going to be a grandparent mm-hmm. in in August, and my um, my daughter 
and her husband and my too soon to be grandson are going to be living in Seattle. So I'm going to be apart from them. Mm-hmm. So I bought otter. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I bought otter and otter um, is is, you know, that that even though you're separated by distance, we, you know, you still have my heart kind of thing. He comes with his own little heart. And the story is wonderful. You know, it has an affirmation at the end. So I'm very excited. My wife is just like, this is the cutest thing. I've just scored, <laughs> I've scored big points right, as, yeah. the, as the grand, grandparent yeah, to be. So, so, so any yeah. grandpas out there. And they're and so, they're, they're adorable. They're so soft. They're just like these, the cuddly, 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 cuddly. Cuddliest, cuddliest, <laughs> right? That's a tough word to say. They're just they're 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 adorable. Yeah. So I'm very excited to give that gift. Yeah, actually, the design of the brand and like the colors that we use and the fabric we use was really intentional from the get go. You know, when I walked into my classroom at 49th Street Academy, there was like primary red like bulletin board paper. Everything just felt very like jarring and alarming. And I was like, oh, we need to like tone down the vibes here, make it a little bit more of a soothing and calming environment. And so we did that with the brand too, very intentionally. So how many, I mean, how many different ones do you have now? Is it like 20? 15. 15? Okay. 15. Yeah. 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 And they're all great. Yeah. yeah. And and it's been really interesting because as we built it, we started building a community um, mostly that lives in um, Facebook right now. Like we have a group called Slumberkin Social where there's lots of parents and caregivers that gather and talk about, you know, real things going on in their life. And it's a really supportive group. But it it um oh I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we can finish each, finish each other's sentences, but I don't know where you're going with this. I one. don't either. I got lost in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were just going to talk about the 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 support systems that have developed out there. The yeah the, right right. Well, maybe. no, it was so we have 15 characters. Oh, yeah, some are more supportive and oh, proactive. That's what it was. Some are more supportive and proactive, and we really listened to the community on Mm -hmm. what they were looking for. So we kind of started out with the first ones of Sloth, Bigfoot, um, Fox, which were self-esteem, relaxation, um, change and transition. But soon after that, within the group, people were asking for more supports around grief and loss. And this was pre-COVID. And I think when we think about like the things that have happened and the, you know, collective difficulties that we've gone through we were able to create and support families where they were at for the types of things they were needing. Mm -hmm. So we have these um, proactive ones like around grief and loss, change, setting boundaries, these types of things, as well as gratitude, like a gratitude practice and mindfulness. Kindness. Yeah. 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 Um, So we really view the 15 characters as these like baseline skills that are supportive for any child, any human being, (laughs) you know, that if you have these in your, your toolkit, that you can be really well-rounded and on the path to emotional health and wellness. And you guys have given a bunch to schools, right? Or at least I, I, and I, I know every time I, mean? I, every time I turn around and I go somewhere, I'm ending up with Kelly and Kelly. So it's, it's just like, here they are again. This is great. Yeah. yeah. We ended up developing a um, curriculum for schools. So it's like a, it's primarily K through two right now. And it's um, social emotional lessons built around each character's theme. Um, and so now that that's done, we've been doing so much more work in the schools and it's so fun for us to get to go into classrooms and hear students like how it's resonating. Um, cause right now we just have teachers that are trying it out and school counselors that are trying it out. And so it's awesome to see. And so, yes, we love to donate and give back to the schools because mm, yeah. it feels so full circle for us. You know, we 
started in the schools, it was it, without us being educators, Slumberkins would not exist. Um, and so it's kind of a culmination of, of everything that we've been building towards. We had an event at um, Glenwood Heights Primary School where all of the kindergartners, they were working with their counselor using the Slumberkins curriculum. So all of the kindergartners got their own slumberkin mm-hmm. and that was really really cool mm-hmm. and then just the other day um Tukes valley their second grade classroom is putting together a um, entrepreneurial project where they they're starting businesses each class is starting their own business and and these guys came out and talked to them about what it's like to start your own business and what you should think about and that was wonderful too and and many of the kids who were in that class also had their own slumberkin yeah. so that was fun That's to cool. see they love you know it's always we love slumberkins <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah very exciting well you you had this on your on your about page you said we believe connection builds community community fosters resilience and a resilient community doesn't let you struggle alone mm-hmm. what do you mean by that and how does that like how does what you do with slumberkins affect especially the connection and the community because that's a big deal for us what we're talking about with the podcast is trying to facilitate more community here in battleground so so yeah. how are you doing that through your through your business yeah i think you know when we think about um the world we live in it's uh, Technology is amazing. It's enabled so much incredible things um, and connection that's really worldwide, right? But what we lose a lot of times are these really meaningful moments and in-person connections, and especially through the pandemic and having to be on Zooms and like separate, you know, um, it just, I think, has highlighted how important community is for everyone. And when we talk about mental health and as a therapist, you know, one of the main indicators for mental health and wellness is your connections with other people. So you can be as well as you want and know all the things in your brain about um, this is how I do my technique and this is how I breathe and I do meditation. But if you don't have connection and community, um, you know, it's you can you're at a lot more risk for when things happen and um, which inevitably they do. So I think, um, you know, we're really passionate about staying connected to community and to building community. Um, When we think about what we're trying to do with Slumberkins, it's really about changing the way we approach emotional health and wellness for kids. Um, We want to change that and uh, make it more holistic uh, across a child's lifespan and a family's lifespan. Um, So it takes a takes a village Mm -hmm. to do that. And I would say, you know, each of our books and we also we have a show on Apple TV Plus that we took five characters and we developed a TV show and we integrated the same principles into the show as we do in the book. So every ending of the book has an interactive affirmation. And what that does is it does create this meaningful moment of connection between the reader and the child where the reader is saying the affirmation, the child is repeating it back. And, you know, when you hear a child, I'll do the Bigfoot affirmation, say the words I am kind, I am strong, I am brave and unique. The world is better because I am here and I like me. When you hear a three-year-old say that out loud, you're just like, oh, yes, please (laughs) believe those words for your entire life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so each creature has their own, or each book has their own, its own unique Mm -hmm. um, mantra or affirmation at the end. And we knew that parents typically were spending the most moments of like connected time, device-free time, at the bedtime routine, you know, when you do your bath time yeah. and you snuggle up, you read books. So that's where, that's why we started with a book and a plush to like, for that snuggle like moment. 
So now as we grow the brand, we're thinking of ways that other products and tools can also create those meaningful moments of connection for us um, and build those moments. Because, you know, right now, like every parent, every educator is just so overwhelmed. Overwhelm is like the common theme that we constantly hear. And so with Slumberkins, you know, it can be overwhelming too. We also have like information at our fingertips and it can be input fatigue and, oh, here's the script I should say to my kid or say this, not that. But when you're triggered and you're a parent or an educator and you're triggered, like it's hard to remember what to say. And so the books really are scripts that parents can just read and any parent, no matter what state you're in, can pick up a book and read it to a child. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way that the brand fosters connection between parent and children or educators and children. Um, and then our online community that Kelly mentioned, you know, we knew going into the pandemic, like moms were finding community online. And I think that has stayed true. I think a lot of people find community on social media with friends and family. And so we've just, you know, that conversation in that group is definitely more about like parenting issues that people are facing, looking for solutions. So we have another therapist and another teacher on staff that will answer the trickier questions that come in um, and give advice. But we try to really foster connection in our online community there too. Yeah, that's great. So where, where is it, where are you headed? What's the, what's the, what's coming? Yeah. So Kelly and I decided about a year ago to hire a brand president. So, because, you know, we were getting into the, the, the big leagues of, you know, being a teacher and a therapist, like the things that were keeping us up at night were like, decisions around like business contracts and like what to do with the business and where to take it and how to lead a team. And so we found a brand president who is amazing. She is totally bought into the mission, but she also has the real business experience that the brand needs. And so it allows Kelly and I to, you know, show up as the educator and therapist and moms and be more in the creative realm with the brand. And so that's feeling really good for us. Um, and so then it opens up our ability to continue to create, to continue to, to evolve. We're thinking through what does Slumberkins look like? If it's not Slumberkins, what does it look like to support children at a higher age level than preschool and K mm-hmm. through two? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does, um, you know, even tools for parents look like from the parenting journey, journey and stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being here with us today. Denny, you have anything you want to <clears throat> Yeah, I just want to say, number one, I love Slumberkins. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're, they're terrific. So if anybody's listening to this, check them out. Uh, number two, I want to say that, you know, as as the superintendent of Battleground Public Schools, um, we're very proud of you guys as, as having you as thank alumni. You. So that's fantastic. And lastly, I just want to say thank you for giving back to us, you know, and for being readily, you know, accessible to, to our school district and to our kids and to our staff. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. And so, you know, I, I have nothing but wonderful things um, to say about you guys. So thank you all. Thank yeah, you both very, absolutely. very much. Yeah. yeah. We're so yeah, happy very to cool. be here. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. I would just say, just on that note, I feel like as we've grown the business and gotten into these places that feel like, you know, we're getting invited to galas and things for the business that are like you know Uh high level we often are like we're just two girls from vancouver washington (laughs) we went to battleground (laughs) you know public schools and um you know i want more students more kids to understand that they can do that too yeah Yeah. and that just because you know you grow up i mean it's not like a super small town but when you get out into the bigger world 
No. This is a small town. I'm very inspirational in, um, in that, many ways. Yeah, they can do it yeah. and to have big dreams and go for it because it doesn't matter where you're from. You're bringing a really cool, unique perspective. And Kaylee and I's friendship through high school and through yeah. everything that we did made all of this possible. And look at like people across the globe are interested in it. And we're from here, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. We've walked into many business meetings in Birkenstocks and I'm like, oh, OK, maybe I don't understand where we are right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everything. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. As you know, Battleground Public Schools are not just focused on educating kids today, test results and the urgency of now. They've always had the goal of preparing students for success in life beyond school. And as amazing as the story of Callie and Kelly is, it's just one success story of thousands of students over the years who are thriving because of their time in Battleground Public Schools. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to info at bgcast.org. We'll do our best to not only cover topics that matter to the district, but also those that matter to us as members of the Battleground community. The BG Cast is produced in cooperation with the Battleground Public School District, but it is a community-produced podcast. The BG Cast is a production of 6-8 Media in partnership with Battleground Public Schools. Eight media.